You're listening to episode 59 of the Musicpreneur Mindset Podcast. Hey, we're Sub Radio. You're listening to the Musicpreneur Mindset Podcast. Here's your host, Suze, founder of the Rockstar Advocate. Hello, you're listening to episode 59, The Power of Decision Fatigue. I'm your host, Suze, a mindset coach helping music professionals get clear on their goals and find time to get it all done while maintaining a healthy work-life balance. There are times when we have the time to get it all done, but we sit doing nothing, exhausted for a reason completely unknown to us. We don't have to have run a marathon or been out on the road doing shows three weeks straight to explain our exhaustion, although that sometimes is the case. Being an entrepreneur of any kind takes a lot of mental energy, and some days are more depleting than others. Unlike your friends who may have a quote-unquote normal 9-to-5 job where they show up and are told what to do, how to do it, and when to have it done by, you're growing your own business, creating your own product, most likely your music, and are responsible for all the decisions that go along with it. That includes deciding the lyrics and arrangements of the songs, deciding who engineers, mixes, and masters the songs, and if that person is you, what levels each track will be and what plugins will be used, when the song will be released, on what platforms, how the cover photos should look, what fonts and colors to use, who to reach out to for PR, what to write in the email when you reach out to them. I haven't even begun to scratch the surface, but you get the idea. You not only have to do the work, you have to invent what work there is to be done before you even carry out the tasks involved. And then you have to decide when and how to begin again. It's never-ending. Take me, for example. This month, May, is Mental Health Awareness Month. My first instinct was to hit the ground running and be all over social media with self-care tips, mental health resources. I had a bunch of podcast episodes lined up to cover various topics. And then came the decisions. On top of deciding what episodes to record and produce and in what order, deciding what gets written on social media, what the newsletter will say, what call to action the subject lines of those newsletters will have, the time of day to release the episodes and posts, and what the images should be on each platform. On top of all of that, I'm currently having a tiny house built for me to move into come September, finishing up the 2020 Rockstar Life Planner for a fall release, and preparing the 2019 Musicpreneur Mindset Summit in Long Beach, New York this September. Every single one of those things requires me to make every single decision in their execution. The buck stops with me on all of those projects, not to mention my clients who I work with to help make decisions in their careers. I haven't bought groceries in over a month. The thought of going to a supermarket, and even with a list, choosing between 12 options of pasta sauce or how much meat to purchase and then deciding on how much to freeze ahead of time, no, just no. I've been making the same sandwiches and having the same bowls of cereal on repeat each day because I can't make another decision about anything. I've managed to see friends to catch up with them, and God bless whoever has the courage to ask me where we should meet up. I don't know. Just tell me where to be. Tell me what time. Hell, tell me what to wear and what mode of transportation to use because I am done. Not to sound ungrateful, I'm so blessed to be able to have this life that I've built for myself. I love being an entrepreneur in the music industry. But sometimes the amount of decisions needing to be made are too many and my brain just stops working. So, in the spirit of Mental Health Awareness Month, I took a few weeks off to reflect and start automating and delegating some of the decision-making that was going on in different areas of my life. Was it easy? No. 
I'm still constantly worried that hitting pause on any of my projects or prior commitments was going to cause me to lose momentum, lose followers, lose the attention of people who maybe wanted to work with me, but I can only do so much. Again, it wasn't the amount of work or the time it took to do it all, but rather the mental energy certain projects took that completely left me brain dead once they were done. I look forward to sharing more about my tiny house in the coming months, but for now, all I'll say is that I'm so relieved the decisions are all done being made. The colors, the fabrics, the materials that have been chosen, and now it's up to a bunch of other talented people to turn it into a reality. I'm so thrilled for this next chapter, and it's felt great to control every aspect of what I want my new dream digs to look like, but as the name of this episode suggests, the power of decision fatigue is real, and it is a bitch. So many times I sat down to prep a podcast episode or a blog post or even an Insta story and the thoughts of when should I post? What should I say? What should I tag? Whose post should I leave comments on to engage with today? All that was too much and I'd sit there and just stare at my phone. I'd already planned a while ago to touch upon decision fatigue and how it affects all of us, but I realized during these last few weeks I didn't truly understand how to combat and or manage it. I knew there was more to it than just being tired from making choices. Because sometimes I noticed I'll be fine firing off choices about certain things, and I'd actually feel invigorated and empowered by it. I knew my tendency to want to control the situation was fed by that, so it's not like I hated making decisions. What was the tipping point? I've been working on a book for a while now, dragging my feet because, well, decisions. But the book itself is about why musicians drag their feet when it comes to calling their own shots in their careers. My entire adult life in this industry, all I ever hear from artists when they discuss their biggest hang-ups is, ugh, can't you just do this for me? Can't a manager just do it? If I had a label to do it for me, all my problems would be solved. And I couldn't understand how they could so easily give up control of their career like that when this is their dream they're going after. So I was writing a book to help empower them to make more decisions on their own. And I'm still going to, but now I have a better understanding of why we sometimes get to that point. I have a new understanding of why, even when it's something we really care about, we're willing to let somebody else take the reins for a bit. I recently read a New York Times article that was from back in 2011. It's called, Do You Suffer From Decision Fatigue? In it, the author, John Tierney, explains, No matter how rational and high-minded you try to be, you can't make decision after decision without paying a biological price. The more choices you make throughout the day, the harder each one becomes for your brain, and eventually the brain looks for shortcuts, end quote. He goes on to describe the two main ways we take that shortcut, through reckless abandon, hashtag poor choices, and or inactivity, hashtag do nothing. He also noticed that once we hit our level of decision fatigue, we are quicker to look for whatever somebody else recommends. Much like me going to a restaurant with my friends and just asking the waiter or waitress to suggest what I should order, musicians reach a point where they want someone who may know more than them to tell them what to do. Rather than sit and weigh the options about what's best for their specific situation, they're resigned to leave it to somebody else to call the shots. He ends the article by saying, People with the best self-control are the ones who structure their lives as to conserve willpower. They don't schedule endless back-to-back meetings, they avoid temptations like all-you-can-eat buffets, and they establish habits that eliminate the mental effort of making choices, end quote. The article also breaks down the different ways we become fatigued mentally. As I said, it's not just about the amount of decisions we make, but rather the types of decisions we're making, i.e. how complex they are, our body's level of glucose, and the time of day it is that affect our brain's depletion of energy. I've spoken many times on and off this podcast about our productivity rhythm. 
Rather than assume we're all prime candidates for that 5 a.m. club, many creatives tend to have better focus at other times of day or night that are not part of that early morning, no matter how hard they try. I, too, am one of those people. If you are a morning person, don't leave tasks that require focused decision-making for later in the day. For me, nothing good has come from decisions I've made before 9 a.m. That's because for me, I'm not focused, I'm not warmed up, and I'm not 100% aware of what's going on. Trust me, it's not contingent on when I go to bed. I've tested it. My productivity rhythm is just not that of a morning person. For many, that 2 p.m. slump comes when they need to take a break from work and go get a snack or get up and stretch. That's a prime example of when you would not want to be trying to focus on signing a contract or negotiating important factors about a project. I know I'm best at making tough or complex decisions when it's later at night. The world around me is resting and I'm relaxed and warmed up from the day. Not too late into the early morning, but late evening when there's less going on around me and I feel very focused. I'm able to quiet my mind and my body has energy stored up as I'm used to usually eating a bit of a late dinner before going back to my work. It's taken me some time, but after a few bad decisions here and there, I've come to realize my own productivity rhythm. We all have it, so be sure to start taking note of when yours is if you haven't already. I've included a worksheet for tracking your focus in this week's free download, so be sure to visit the show notes to download it. The other part of conserving your energy when it comes to making decisions is limiting your options and or taking away a lot of the guesswork. Options are great until they're debilitating. When I first started working on designing the tiny house, I was filled with anxiety when it came to choosing a color scheme for the paint. There are so many options out there. The designer helped me by limiting the options I had to look at. She explained to me, we're going to only choose from these color families since that's what you seem to be drawn to, and we're going to keep it in these shades or lighter as anything darker would make an already tiny space feel smaller. That narrowed it down a bunch, and then we decided to first choose the color of the countertops since those were a large focal point and then everything else would be colors that were complementary to that choice. The point of this story is start small and start with the easy decisions first. Limit your options as much as possible and decide what pieces of a more complex decision can be delegated to someone else or broken down into easier decisions. In addition to making sure you're making important decisions on a full stomach and during a time of day when you're more focused, you need to get used to breaking things down into digestible scenarios and moving things off your plate by delegating them to others. This is different, mind you, from throwing up your hands and begging somebody to manage your career so you don't have to make any decisions. This is about taking inventory and understanding when it's best to step back from certain decisions and use your deciding power to choose the person who will do the research and reflection. Involved in the complexity of choices, coming back to you with a well-thought-out set of options to choose from without much mental anguish. For example, while planning the summit for this September, there are a lot of new ideas I've had, and rather than painstakingly anguish over which ideas to move forward on, I've delegated tasks to my assistant so she can research them further into all of the pros and cons, and then based on her best educated guesses and decisions, come to me with a whittled-down list of best options and scenarios. Tierney also quotes social psychologist Roy F. Baumeister in his article saying, quote, the best decision makers are the ones who know when not to trust themselves, end quote. Another great way to take better stock of the decisions on your plate is to create a structure to better automate certain choices. Again, limit your options. Recently, I've been overwhelmed with how to roll out certain ideas and topics online through social media. 
I was getting too bogged down with decisions to make on each and every platform and through each and every medium, graphics, blog posts, videos, podcasting, etc. So I decided which one piece of content would determine the direction of the other content, in essence, automating the decisions for the other platforms. I would first decide what podcast episode I wanted to make, and then I'd let those episodes dictate the topics I wrote about for blogs, the images I created for social media, and the way I integrated my promotions into that content. Done. Now, instead of deciding on 10 different content-centered pieces of my business, I make a decision about one of them, and then it dictates how the other pieces are decided. If you're still stuck on how to get certain decisions off your plate without being 100% reckless or inactive, this week's free download also includes a decision map that I made last year. It's helped me and other clients cut to the chase and cut through the white noise of decision overwhelm and fatigue. So give it a shot. Head on over to therockstaradvocate.com forward slash EP59 and download your productivity rhythm tracker and decision map today and start conserving that mental energy. And as I briefly mentioned this earlier, the Musicpreneur Mindset Summit, the event that launched this very podcast, has been booked for this year. It will be hosted in Long Beach, New York from Thursday, September 26th to Saturday, September 28th. If attending, whether in person or virtually through our private Facebook group, is an easy decision for you, then as a reward, I'm offering pre-sale tickets for $25 now until Sunday, May 19th at midnight Eastern Standard Time. More details will be released next week and in the coming weeks after that, but if attending this event is a hard yes for you, take advantage of the super low cost today as it will go up to $47 on Monday and up from there as we get closer to the event. Simply go to the show notes to find the link and purchase your presale ticket today. That's therockstaradvocate.com forward slash EP59. As always, I thank you for listening, and I'm here if you have any questions. Email me at any time, suz, S-U-Z, at therockstaradvocate.com. Until next time, Rockstar, have a wonderful week, and I hope to see you back here next week so we can get grounded to get rising. Take care.